You're listening to the iFanboy Pick the Week Podcast, episode 299, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners like you. You can't live with them, and you can't live without them. There's something irresistible about them. We grin and bear it, cause the nights are long. But I hope that something better comes along. It's no good complaining and it's pointless to holler If she's a beauty then she'll get underneath your collar She made a monkey out of old King Kong And then I hope that something better comes Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick the Week Podcast, episode 299 It's insane, my name is Ron Richards and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick Hello And Josh Flanagan Hello and we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website dedicated to comic books and all the great things that has to do with comic books. And every week, comic books come out, and we read a stack of books, and then one of us has the duty of finding that one issue that was the, the most enjoyable read for him that particular week and deem it the pick of the week. It goes to ifanboy.com and writes a review of it, and then we come back here to discuss it, as well as all the other books that came out and what you thought of the books and comics esoterica in general it's just a fun time um before we dive into the show a couple of things first off uh we're going to be uh talking about what happens in the book so we might spoil what occurs in the pages therein so if you haven't read your books yet and you want to be surprised as you read them you might want to press pause come back listen after you've read them or you know take take the risk take the you never know what you might find out live on the edge exactly um, also, you might have heard earlier in the show about uh, 45 seconds ago, I said that this is episode 299, which is insane, and that means episode 300 is next week. And So Woo-hoo! stay tuned to the end of the show. We're going to talk about the plans for episode 300, um, and hopefully you will enjoy what we've got planned. Um, but that said, Connor, you had the pick, and um, it's a dark world you and Jason Aaron live in, isn't it? Well, I, I did not expect to make Wolverine 14 my pick of the week. I did not expect it either. Not at all, because this arc, this this is all about faith in the creator, faith in a creator like Jason Aaron. Because this arc up, this, up until this issue, I was not really enjoying, and I had really enjoyed all of Jason Aaron's Wolverine work, his Weapon, Wolverine Weapon X series and his Wolverine series. But this particular arc has found Wolverine seeking revenge on this shadowy group called the Red Right Hand, who sent him to hell in a, in a previous arc, and who possessed his body in a previous arc. Who they've been screwing with him for the past two years in the book, right? So, yeah. so he's he's now at the, at the, he's he's had had enough. He's searching them out. He's found their compound. As he's fighting his way through their compound, each issue each issue in the series has been uh, one story where Wolverine's fighting some random thug we've never heard of before and killing them brutally. And then, then while that's going on, we learned about the Red Red Hand, and it got really repetitive, and it got really kind of boring and kind of video gamey. And so I was really looking forward to this issue, not because I wanted to find out what happened, but mostly I just wanted to move on to the next story arc. Story arc. I wanted to get this over with. So, of course, we, we come to find out in this issue that, and this is, again, spoiler warning if you haven't read this, this story, that not only has the Red Right Hand created this ingenious plot to get revenge on Wolverine where they all kill themselves so that he can't get his revenge by killing them, but they leave him a, a, a folder with information showing him that the people he just spent six months in our time killing were his illegitimate kids from his around the world from his lifetime spent, you know, carousing. And all of a sudden it's that revelation changed the entire arc. You now have look back on it and you've been for five months, you've been watching Wolverine brutally murder his children. (laughs) And without knowing it, it was the classic sixth sense moment where he's, Oh my God, he's a ghost. It's, it changes your whole perception of what you've been reading. And it immediately made me go back and reassess everything because whereas before I f- it was repetitive and boring, and oh, he's fighting somebody else. Now it's tragic and awful, and it's, it that's quite a leap to take creatively. <laughs> I, I know I'm not even being facetious, but like, like you know, you had to stick with it for a while for the payoff. I mean, it was, yep. it was a couple issues of it or something like it that. It was right? five, yeah. Wow. I mean, it was it was very much the you know the the he gets into the compound and there's a video of the leader starts playing back and goes, well, if you found this, we're dead and, and, you know, we got our revenge on you and here's why and explains everything that happened and it's one of those, you know, make sense of the last, you know, four or four or five, whatever many issues it's been, but man, did it pack a punch and, and Connor, do you remember when you talked to Jason Aaron at WonderCon and he said that he was going to take Wolverine to some dark places? He was not fooling around with no, that. No, he was not. <laughs> it was dark for for him and for me at the same moment. You just I I, I read that panel where it's revealed, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" And it yeah. just you had to put the book down and stop for a second because 
this is awful. Even for a guy like Wolverine, who's had a lot of awful in his life and been through a lot of stuff, and he, that's kind of his shtick is he's he shoulders the burden that no one else can. But this is a burden even too much for him. Yeah. And I, the next arc is about his break, his mental breakdown. So I think this is this is the kind of comics that Grant Morrison was looking for more of, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, as as a single issue, it was fantastic. But as a as an emotional wallop, it was fantastic. As a book that changed the way I perceived the whole previous half a year of Wolverine comics, it was fantastic. This was basically Jason Aaron. You know, playing marionetting us around with his with his strings and and yep. doing it masterfully. And um, as a as a book this week, there's there's a lot of like a lot of books to like this week. But as as a as a as the best book, this was clearly it. I mean, there was no contest. And was it was it a matter? I mean, at what point did it have? Was it the reveal? Was it the that? that yeah, it was the yeah. reveal. I mean, yeah. it was still up until that point where we learned about the final member. He is a kid in the group, and his mother was the Shield agent that Wolverine killed in an uh, enemy of the state and. Yep. And you're like, okay, fine, it's, that's sad, whatever. And then the, then the whole group Jonestowns themselves, and that's, all right, well, now he can't kill them, okay. But then it's the reveal in the folder that really did it. It was, yeah. the, it was really the uh, Bruce Willis is a ghost moment, which it happens a lot now, but it, when it's done really well, it really, really works. And this was done really well because there was no inkling of this whatsoever. No, yeah, there was no that, – that's like as I was reading the issue when they killed them, I'm like, I'm like, they're, I'm like they're killing themselves really? Like that's the, you know, like the kind of Heaven's Gate kind of, you know, you know like mass suicide type thing. And, and I, I didn't see it coming at all. And then like – and as soon as I – like it's funny because the way the page the, – the page is laid out was that, you know, he's watching the video and they, they give a, a folder like a, um, a folder on all the people that he's killed and their relations and it goes through and you see Wolverine just saying, oh, this can't be true. And then they're one those three panels of showing the dead people that he killed and you're like oh well that guy kind of has sharp teeth and like i found i was looking for the visual connections that i didn't pick up on yeah and yeah they're there and it's just oh man it's brutal and also then then you find i didn't mention this in the review but the final scene is uh the red red hand in hell yeah and they're all reunited with their loved ones because for the most part the loved ones were bad people yeah and, but except for the kid, the kid's in hell because he murdered people, but his mother's not because she was a good person. So the final sort of nail in the coffin is this little kid who uh, was trying to get revenge for his mother is now eternally separate from her. Um, so it, it was it, all, on, on many, many levels, it was, a, it, was Wolver- it was Jason Aaron <laughs> Wolverine. It was Jason Aaron just smacking us around with his words and feelings. And, beard. Uh, <laughs> and, he, I, and, and he proves every month why he's one of the best writers in comics. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that he also he did it. He's doing it in a way that's tied into what other people have done before him. I mean, like part of it is that a lot of the 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 information and leads that they get on Wolverine come from Dokken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who is you know one of Wolverine you know Wolverine's son who hates him and we so like and th- th- that's been clear that Dawkins been out for Wolverine as well and so you you know you get a page of background through the kid's eyes when the meeting the red right hand are meeting with him and he says you know I've given you everything you need all you just got to do is you know go do with it and you know so it's like it's not out of nowhere it's not un you know not. Uh, not not premeditated, you know what I mean? Like it ties in with everything that's been going on for the past couple of years, in and out of what Aaron's been doing with Wolverine. So he's clearly telling a grand Wolverine story through the course of this book and his previous Wolverine book. Um, it's been fantastic. Yeah, so. and it, the best thing is it redeemed the, the the past five issues, which for me were a letdown. And they, some, I even turned someone onto the book because of the previous arc, and she was like. I really this 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 current story is really boring, and I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and 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 so now, you Wolverine, two, you Iron Man two point order. Yeah, but now you know this whole thing. It sort of redeems the whole story. It proves that Jason Aaron really has something fantastic going on. Yeah, and, and that's and like you said, it comes down to trusting the creator. And it's like, yeah. and and I mean, I don't think we've seen Jason Aaron really not deliver yet. You know, on, no. on something like this. So I mean, so that that trust is deserved, and it's good to see that that you know that it, it was earned again with this arc. Um, yeah, this is this is brutal. This was one of those where I turned the page. I was like, "Oh man." Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something great when you have a stack of books and you're reading a lot of things you've read before and there's lots of things happening that are fun, but when it can really get you when you when you find yourself shaking your fist in impotent rage at at the creator, then you know you've got something. <laughs> you got a, you got another thing going on there than I did with my comics. <laughs> in impotent rage. I like that. <laughs> 
But uh, so I think he's having a bad weekend, so he's like, "I'll get some comics, I guess." But he's still angry. <laughs> so if, if you are, I think if you've been following all these Wolverine books, like Ron and I have from the beginning of Wolverine: Weapon X, then you probably was, this was a good issue. And then people on the site, you know, who have been, yeah. had the same reaction we did. It was fantastic. Yeah. Just a gut punch. Oh, total gut punch and well done. I mean, and even I mean, like I haven't been a big fan of um, Renato Gettys. What do you, what kind of, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the art? I, I I've liked him in other books. I don't think he's been great for this book, but I think he's sort of grown. It's growing on you because it's been around so long. Yeah. So I mean, I this is definitely a case with the story. I mean, it, it the the art was almost secondary to what happened. You know, I mean, like it, it it served the story. It got it across, but it I, served it. It yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, it just wasn't. You know, yeah. it wasn't like it was Garney or somebody like that. But. Yeah, yeah. But he so did I, do a good job of showing the anguish on his face. You know that last page. That last page. That full page of the aha. It's brutal. Wolverine falling to his knees. I just and, don't know where you take it from here. Apparently, I guess. So I guess the next issue goes back to the Canadian wilderness. So we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Bender. Brutal. brutal, brutal, brutal. He's going to return to his roots. <laughs> oh, now, Josh, God. Batman Gates of Gotham also ended this week. Yeah, I'd say it's sort of a different story than what you described with yeah. uh, your book that uh-huh. you're talking about. Uh, Gates of Gotham, I thought, started out really strong, really interesting concept. It was all the way through, and I sort of stuck with it the whole time because I wanted, I wanted that payoff. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, it wasn't bad. It wasn't well, I th- bad. I think I'm not you even trace the arc of this to start off with Scott Snyder plotting with Kyle Higgins, who was doing the script, and then it became Kyle Higgins plotting, and then it became an- doing somebody else doing the writing completely. So it just it just, it just four issues, five five uh, five issues, right? Well, uh, I mean, we've all seen what's going on in DC. We all yeah, know that. Yeah, so and then and then uh, you know they they had to rush to finish it, and uh, the artist changed a little bit, and. I don't. I, did Batman always have these weird ear things? What ear? In things? the whole series, like if you look at like they dug in some like in no, his he, cowl. That's, uh, so that that's just showed up in this issue. An artistic choice. And he's got. Did, but did he? I'm saying, did he even ha- have them all through the oh, series? I don't know. I don't know. Like, because I don't. I don't reckon. I was like, wait a minute, which Batman am I looking at here? And then, and then, like he's got those uh, those uh, late '90s uh, shoulder things. Well, that's Anime? yeah. Well. Yeah, well, that's that happens in a lot of the artists, but I know. But what I'm what I'm saying is, is that this is just Exhibit A of the yes. shit we're rebooting in September. We got to get these books done, and like you had Graham Nolan doing the layouts. Yeah, you had the like, Trevor McCarthy, who's been the artist except for that last issue where Dustin Gwynn. It's just it's just been there's been like 18 people working on this miniseries. Yeah, and and the thing is that it seems like the it seems like it's important. Like I have a feeling it is that, important. If you, if you if you saw the, the Scott Snyder interview I did in right. with San Diego, he this is going to. All of his stuff's going to be uh, referenced in the new Batman world. But I think you made the complaint before at one point that there was just too – you couldn't know who they were talking about with the characters. Yep. and like Even the big reveal about who the villain was, I was like, wait, who's that again? Because it was just so long ago. Like Maybe you would read better as a trade or something like that. But, but overall – I just, I can't, it wasn't awful. I don't even want to give that off, but it was just like, okay, that was No, there. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was bad but at all. But it should have been fantastic. Yes. Like it should have been. This should be exactly. This should be exactly my favorite thing. This was up our alleys, and it didn't didn't yes, deliver in a big way. Uh, so that's 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 a little disappointing, I suppose. I don't I don't like to give that kind of review, but th- that's how it is. Uh, then over at uh, Mar- what else this disappointed week- you this week, Josh? <laughs> First of all, I'm not the I'm not the audience for an Ultimates book. I'm just not. That's and that's fine. That's fair. Uh, but Ultimates number one came out. Is this the fourth? Maybe fifth. Yeah, I think it's volume four. Volume. Uh, I can check the Indicia. Hang on. I liked it a lot better than the Jeff Loeb one. <laughs> yeah, I think tell you that much. Yeah. Um, I wrote a review, an early review of this on iFanboy.com, and this is Jonathan Hickman taking over um, the Ultimates, and uh, it's a it's a fine, uh, sort of world threatening view of of who, you know where the Ultimates are at, as sort of centered by Nick Fury and his. It was, you know, what it felt like. It felt a little like Nick Fury as Samaritan from that first Astro City. Yeah, just, dealing with deal, stuff. yeah, stuffs coming up, dealing with prioritizing what the threats are around the world, and then and that's the one thing that that really got me from reading it was that it was it was all over the place, but not in a bad way, like not in a confusing way. Just like yeah. there was there were multiple theaters of action. Well, it was um, Nick Fury at the office? Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. yeah. Which makes your your day job seem much much less stressful. Um, <laughs> it feels a lot I, like my day job, actually. I enjoyed the crap out of this. Yeah, me yeah. too. This was totally fun. This this reminded me of why you loved the Ultimate Line so much when it first started. In that, 
It's yep. fast-paced slam-bang action that I don't have to worry about 30 years of continuity for. I don't even have to worry about previous 10 years of continuity. This is all just there. Not yet. I've, I haven't been reading all the Ultimate books. I've been reading. I read a couple here and there, but I haven't. I haven't been keeping up. So I don't. No. You know, and it's, I enjoyed the crap out of this. Yeah, this so very fun. much felt very much felt like the like ten years ago when the Ultimate started the, the that initial Miller Hitch run, um, where you get this idea of it's bigger than any of us. It's just that this this is uh, it's on this grand scale, this world scale, and that a lot of shit's going on, and that these are the people who are going to deal with it. You get you know, and you got that sense, and uh, and Hickman, you know, I think Hickman balanced, you know, kind of it's a different kind of story than we're used to from Jonathan Hickman. I think with this because I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it wasn't as cerebral. As his other stuff, it was more, you know, kind of action oriented, but it had that underpinnings of underpinnings of political intrigue as well as the seeds of something big. Like I'm, I'm infinitely, you know, like I was infinitely curious from the first page. Just that dude with the headgear thing and that big round built. Like, what is that? You know, and like instantly, like in the first page, it had me, you know, kind of out of curiosity. Space cock. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I didn't have to think that. Um, You know, and and then again, I got, I got, I'm telling you, the two page title card on Hickman books, I'm loving. Like, I don't know why. He gets full page rate, page rate for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that's kind of, I saw that and I was like, Oh come on! You're just fucking with us now. I know, but I kind of. I think like he's that. just fucking with you specifically, Ron. <laughs> but um, no, but I really liked it. I loved, I love the um, the silent uh, sequence in Asgard, which I thought was great with Cap- Captain Britain, who is now Jamie Braddock, who we all know from you know who, from the regular Marvel universe is Captain Britain's crazy brother, and so is we, he going to be crazy? We here? don't all know. Well, well, most Marvel fans know, you know, are aware of that. But um, that whole silent sequence was fantastic. The drinking bear. The you know <laughs> just like he got you know Ribic told that that those two pages like you even though you didn't know any you couldn't hear anything what was going on you knew exactly what the to- what you know, like you filled in the blanks it was I, I thought that, that was really that well was done. my favorite part of the book yeah, I yeah. really liked the conflict of the sort of drunken raging Viking Asgardians yeah. uh, versus the the sort of buttoned down British you know <laughs> yeah superhero guard. Uh, and I think that that's a really neat conflict. That's well, I mean, that's that's Western society right there yep. in a nutshell. Yep. And um, that that was a re- that was a really fun part of it. Um, I, I mean, my problem with the, the Ultimates has always been I don't really like the Ultimates, like the characters. I don't like the characters from right. this world very much for whatever reason. It's the same reason that you know we talked about with Ultimate Captain America. Was that a- was yep. that Aaron? Yeah, it was that Aaron. Was Aaron yeah. uh, you know, great series, really well written, really well done, interesting all the way through. But at the end of the day, I just don't like that character. Right, and I don't mean I don't even mean I don't like him as a bit of a story, but I just wouldn't want to hang out with him. Right. So it's just a different it's a different thing, I think. Yeah. Which is good. It should be different than the regular Avengers book. Tell you what, I didn't like was the cover. (laughs) Oh God, these Carrie Andrews covers are awful. Just I thought I thought it was a trading card. I was like, "Where's what's this giant trading card?" Look, I really don't understand what the and the thing was is that really it's it's the Ultimates and the X Men covers that are the worst. The Spider Man one and the, the Hawkeye one are fine, and I don't know if it's because it's groups or it's a single you know single subjects or not, but I don't know. But they're really sticking to this Ultimate Comics sort of ethos look. in the in design, and it's really yeah. The Ultimate covers have been bad since day one. Yep, they yeah, have. yeah. They're gonna. So keep I don't even staying. care anymore. I don't even notice. No, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But this was this was I was like, oh, this is brutal. But um, but what. And while well, Josh, I know you didn't agree, but the Ribic and Dean's Dean, not fantastic. I did not. I don't think it's bad. It's just yeah. not my thing. Right. And it, it's fine. The one thing, the one thing about it that I tend to not like is, I think uh, I, occasionally that sort of photorealistic style looks a little stiff, and I just yeah, I like. I that. don't find this photorealistic. I don't find this photorealistic at all. Like I don't yeah. understand really? where that's coming from. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I get painted and, and photorealistic a little mixed up, but I don't I don't really like that painted style either. It's not painted either. It's not painted at all. It, it's, it's like drawn. faux painting. No, not, Dean White colored it. It's not even close. It's, it's, I don't even. I mean, I'm perplexed by that. Just that description. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I, Josh. I have a hard time describing the style as well because it's not. It's realistic, but it's not photorealistic. But in that, it's not cartoony. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think I kind of know what you mean. But then, you know, I it's look- slightly painterly, more than more than sort of more of the flat colors. If you look around, it's kind of got uh, like it looks like little brush strokes around like Nick Fury's head. Like there's there's a digital painting thing going on there. I'm not mm. sure about that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, but but I but the thing is, I do see like every now and then I do get one panel from Rubik, like the last panel of the last page with the bulging Nick Fury eye. 
you know, like mm-hmm. every every now and then those and I those kind of make me, you know, I like or a couple pages before there's a guy working with Nick Fury who's screaming and his eyes are kind of bulging. Like there's something going on there with the way he, the way he draws faces and things like that. Oh yeah, I but, see that. Yeah, right at it. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think I I I kind of see especially with the the shot of Thor after Captain Britain pours out the drink. I can see kind of where you'd see some of the painting thing, but I don't know. It just he's really really unique and and maybe it's because I you know like I loved him on X Force previously and so like this coming out of that this is just giving me more stuff and him work the the him and Dean White are like and I talked to Jonathan Hickman on Don't Miss and he said that they they were they surpassed his expectations and I think as a team a pencil colorist pencil or colorist team that this is like if this is the look of the book I'm in. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but if it's not for you. That's fine. Switch their own. But I do know an artist who is for you. Who is up your alley? That's Steve Epting. Steve Epting is uh, Steve Epting today, not Steve Epting before. Well, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, it's good to have Steve Epting back. Jonathan Hickman again is going to get some more lip service. Uh, this is better than it was. <laughs> Those last couple issues with the Black Bolt story were not. How do I put this? Not what, what I, I expected. <laughs> How's that? Is that a nice? Well, I mean, I think that the, one of the things that happens, and this is the 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 monthly comic. Yep. Risk I, risk isn't the right word, but you Challenge. know, we had a story it's, going. It's a downside to it, yeah. Yeah. We had a story going where there was a shitload of villains, and there were a shitload of reeds, and they were all in an apartment. Yep. Well, the reeds weren't all there, but you get the point. Uh, and everyone wanted to know what was going to happen, and then we got some weird. You know, Black Bolt in human stuff out in space. That even I was like, I, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, he had, ex- he had explained how he got ba- Black Bolt into the story. I get that. I mean, like, he, I, I know. He had I know. To, he, but it, like, yeah. But it, it it took it took the light away from the it took the spotlight away from the thing that I was really interested in, and right. you know, and distracted. Which I get because he had to explain how he got Black Bolt here. That's the challenge, and it's fine. Um, the art was a little, and we're not talking about the pre- we're talking about these previous issues, not the current yeah, yeah. issue. Not, um, like, yeah, exactly. But um, but with FF number number eight, we get back. The spotlight comes back to the main event. And I like all the FF's villains are now part of the Future Foundation, and they've got color coordinated costumes, which is awesome. <laughs> I and love then, that. And then they, in a white in a white cloak. Yeah, and then they go off. Then they go off to the the point of conflict, and they're in the dark versions of the costumes. Love that. Like, it was, what is the what's the deal with Reed's dad? I don't know, but it's great because Why, the, is that a beetle costume? What's going on? Well, because what's great is that so so Sue Storm or Susan Richards and um and Reed's dad are having a conversation, and as he's prepping for the battle, and then. He presses a button, and all of a sudden, this gallant costume with collars and things. Like, it was just like, what is this? Awesome. Oh, it was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I, Steve Epting's, and even, even Steve Epting, yeah, kind of looks a little photorealistic here, but I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I like it because it, it feels like uh, kind of really classic to me. Uh, I don't anything. understand why you're, the, the way you're using it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I feel like it's Princess Pride. It's like, I don't yeah. think that means what you think it means. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, it's not photorealistic. I think we need to ban, like you, like, you, like you banned awesome, I think you need to ban photorealistic from your descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love the black and white costumes. Yeah. No, this is, this is I mean, I, yeah, this is, the, this is the story that Hickman's meant to write, I think. Yeah. I mean, his Fantastic Four is better than anything I've read in a long time. Yeah. I just love El Diablo in the black and white costume. This the is the ang- best the Fantastic Four that we've seen in a while. Maybe. Yeah. I, in a real long time. Since way at lo- least, yeah. I love that the villains just went with the costume changes. Yeah, right. I know. Which is, and what's great is that it looks like Spider-Man. Uh, what, he, he kind of he led it because he's like, he was at least I got to wear the costume. black and white costume. You got to all wear black and white costumes. <laughs> I really liked how uh, I really liked the moment when Medusa showed up and, and he, uh, your presence has been requested. No, I don't. Boop, you're gone. Yeah, because <laughs> when Lockjaw wants you to go somewhere. Yep. You're going to that place, and and what's great is that is that also is that the the villains being involved, like you you know they they're behaving like previously up to this, you'd find it a little preposterous that these people who had a beef with Reed Richards and with the Fantastic Four would not come together and to work towards a solution, or whatever. And in this issue, you start to see their true colors come out, which is you know as realistic as you'd expect. Um, so that that was good. So it was you know it it, it made sense, and this I mean, and then also you get. Um, uh, Valeria, you know, uh, on lockdown, and then her brother breaks her out, which is awesome. I love the kids, like, and I love that There's they're too only many, though. I can't keep track of them, and they're only glimpses of the kids, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, that's because you know it's building up towards something good. So, right. I like that. I like that Valeria is actually drawn to look like a little girl. 
Yes. Yeah. Like she's like a little doughy and a little stubby and yep. she just looks like a little kid and that never gets done correctly. In fact, that's the page that I was looking at when I said photorealistic is because it looked very real to me. So maybe that's yeah. Uh, that's that's impressive. Is my point. Yeah. So um, was I the only person who picked up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one from IDW? Of course I not. meant to. Oh yeah. Of course not. <laughs> oh, you got it. Of course. Awesome. What'd you think? The fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I uh, it's, t- it's tough because I do have the old original books here. Yep. And I do often look through them. So. You know, have you the, read them? Yeah, like recently at all. Um, I read them any good? Ago. I'm a, I don't want. I don't know if I'd want to read them. I love the way they look, and I love the idea of them. Mm. I love I that. Know. I love that it was originally a parody of Daredevil. Yes, that's great. That's so obvious now. I had never I heard that until recently, but like, oh yeah, you know, of course. The, the look foot, at it. The foot versus the hand, and it was yeah. yeah, well, yeah it's, it was even, like, it's even in the the, the beginning of the story, the the same canister that that yeah. Daredevil creates the turtles. Um. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. I, I loved the way they drew action. The way the artist drew action. Who is the uh, opening? The opening fight against uh, Black Sad was awesome. Dan Duncan. I love the way that thing sort of telescoped, or when like the 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 um, the, the weapon sort of bent yeah. and as it came towards you in the panel. That was really fun. Um, I just missed the old kind of rough style of the original books, which I really liked in the yeah. old series. But I um, they're completely changing the origin, which I think is fine. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean. It's not canon. <laughs> they, changed, they changed it for the TV show, and then they did it for the movie. I mean, how many times are you going to jerk us fans around? I mean, I, I think it had it, it, it had the right elements of what I remember from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to so something that I would would be believable now. You know, there's a little nod to the camera when, when Raphael's d- dumpster diving and finds a T-shirt that says Cowabunga and goes, no, nah, that's just wrong, and throws it away. Yeah, so there's a little nod to what has become, what has pa- passed, but if you never read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, you could pick this up and I think you would enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, that's the not- point. Like, would you guys keep reading this if there wasn't a nostalgic link? Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, why not? I mean, I like Eastman as a creator. I could um, ask that about almost any comic on the stands. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's hard to take but, it away. Well, this, one, this one's specific because we're all the exact age that yeah. Uh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like the thing when we were younger. Although we were just coming out of we were almost No, a little, it was the thing. I mean, it was a thing. It was a thing. I had all the toys and the cartoon every day after school. And yeah. It was it was the thing. Um No, yeah, I would. It's fun. It's fun action. It's fun action with really good art. Um that I just uh, I happen to prefer the old style, but it was fun. I'm absolutely yeah. continue to read this. But I thought I thought I mean, I thought that the, the this the look of the book while it wasn't the old style, I I, I it didn't feel completely disconnected for me. No, no, it's similar. Yeah. I just missed. Like, if you look at the one of the variant covers was by uh, by Eastman, and that's that's like the old kind of rough edges style that I really liked about the old Turtle book. Yeah, I always liked Laird more than Eastman, but Eastman has the bitchin' locks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he looks like a roadie. Yeah, they <laughs> both have a lot of money. Is this the most successful indie book of all time? Yes, I believe it is by far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> you know, it, you know, it isn't the most successful indie book of all time. <laughs> What's that? Northlanders. Well, it's not, it's not, an, indie, indie it's not an indie book. <laughs> no, somewhat creator-owned. How's that? It's a DC book. Listen, it's, it's, if they had made Northlanders into uh, a TV series uh, with kids, toys, and cartoons, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm fine. Series. It's huge. Anyway, so. It's partially creator-owned. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, this uh, story is good. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, I mean, I, the thing is, we've talked about this before, and this is uh, Brian Wood's final arc, uh, nine-part arc to end the series, and it's basically, basically seems like the 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 coming of Iceland, and the. I had to remember once it started. I had to remember. Wait, does this have anything? To, I know this is part two, but does this have anything to do with the last story? And it didn't seem to directly. Uh, I don't know if it jumped forward. Well, it had in time. a tie. I mean, it jumped ahead. It, yeah, it definitely had a tie. It, 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 it's a uh, a time jump, but it's definitely yeah. the the or this is the the main story that's being told. Right, um, but if you remember at the end of the last one, it was like the the girl had had sort of taken over. Uh, she was going to fight for her, you know, for her thing and 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 not be. And I was like, oh, that was really interesting and fascinating. But if we time jump, then yeah, like does that mean that was just part of this? area or this family story i don't remember what the name of the family in the last one was and, and this isn't really a complaint it just took me a minute to get into it um and one of the things that brian wood is very good at doing is 
is focusing his story on a character who's kind of awful, but you don't realize he's awful for a little while because right away he does something that seems like it's sort of heroic and brave and you're used to that being the hero of the story and then you see what he does and he's like, I think you should go now, Dad. But I, you should go. (laughs) I don't don't know if you know, I have this hot girl with me and I'm strong. You should go. (laughs) Literally, there's a line here that's like, ha ha, seriously, listen. Uh, I think you should it's it's great though. I mean, it's, it's a series I'm gonna miss. I mean, I, it has never it, it has never not delivered uh, Northlander. So you're not wrong. You're yeah, not Paul. wrong. I I left and came back to it. Uh, and I have I have been very happy that I did. And, and you were about to say oh, Paul said Paul said it. Yeah, it's great to see. You know, the last thing for Paul said that I saw was Spider Man, and then come over and do something like this that's so stylistically different, but but still strong. And you know, as I said, is a good good, good artist. So. You remember when this series first came out and the, the whole thing was like whether it was okay for Vikings to talk like dudes now? Yeah, nobody cares now. Now, now we've forgotten about it. Because it's, it's fantastic. Yep. It is. <laughs> so what's also, fanta- <laughs> what's also fantastic is being able to have a library of thousands of comics on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer and be able to read comics whenever you want in this new wonderful 21st century of digital world, digital comics. And you could do that with Graphically. iFanboy is a product of Graphically and our, uh, the Graphically HQ is constantly working on making digital comics better for you. Uh, we've got over 4,000 comics uh, from over... 250 publishers, um, but the main ones that you that you want and you're looking for, they are Marvel, Boom, Arkea, IDW, Dynamite, so many more of that are out there. So if there's if you're looking to try something new or want the comics that you you know you do the same old comics you're used to, they're all there for you at Graphically. If you go to Graphically.com, you can find links to download um, the apps uh, for your mobile devices, whether it's iOS like the iPhone or the iPad, or Android devices, Android phone or Android tablets. Uh, keep an eye on this world because there's a lot of cool stuff coming, especially on the iPhone side of things, um, iPhone and iPad, so you definitely want to uh, pay attention to that. And you can keep up on everything that Graphically is doing by following Graphically on Twitter at twitter.com slash graphically. And the greatest thing is that if you buy a, co- a comic on your phone or on your tablet and go to the web, you can read it on the web. If you buy it on the web, you can go read it on your phone. It's versatile. Take your comics wherever you want it to. Uh, great reading experience on the web through a browser at graphically.com. So go to graphically.com, check it all out, um, and it's some pretty cool stuff. We're pretty proud to be a part of it. So uh, make sure you, you sample it when you get a moment thank you oh ron you know what wasn't good sadly the justice league of america retroactive 1990s and it wasn't the story the story uh, the story is fine i'll talk about that in a second it was the fact that and we haven't talked about this a lot we've mentioned it kind of a, a bit but not really dealing with a, the fact that these books have been badly printed all of them yes they've been really really poorly printed and this was the worst of them all by far yep there was a couple of panels in here you couldn't even distinguish what was going on in them yeah it was really and well first off well even from away from the printing was when i think of justice league in the 90s i i was like give me some howard porter maybe maybe we'll get a grant type story we'll some we'll get some um uh, zoriel or something like that and they went earlier in the 90s which disappointed even though i always look forward to maguire and giffen and dematias but <laughs> I, like, I felt like this is more 80s than 90s, personally, for me. Yeah, it's a bit more 80s, but yeah. Graham Morrison's not writing J.L.A. again. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And the um, and the printing was an issue. The coloring was an issue. I mean, there there was that full page when the when the guy becomes the demon and, and mm-hmm. the big Godzilla page. It yeah. was like ta- it was like Ultimate's muddy. Well, like, there was there was a couple of like shots of ice that you couldn't make out. It was yeah. it was shockingly bad. Yes, printing. yeah, yeah. You were, you were showing me yours, and, and in comparison, the, the, the old stuff looked fantastic. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the reprint looked great. <laughs> I was like, make it look like that. Just do it just do it just like that. It has to be easier. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, story-wise, it was fine. This was, they, they've come back for these you know, a few times. This is actually if that, one of the better ones. But I wonder if this is the last one because it says together again for the last time. And then at the end it this says – This is we uh, hope. Because <laughs> then at the end it says that's all, folks. Like they I don't, don't want think to they do- want to – they do not want to do this anymore. They don't want to do any more vaudeville. Yeah, I don't think they want to do it all. But they do. I don't, vaudeville. I don't think they wanted to do it for a while. But I, I they're think- the Eagles at this point, and they're just out there, and people are like, "Play Hotel California again," and they're like, "All right." They're, they're still great at it, though. They're still no. They're really yeah, great at yeah. it. It was a fun story. It was inju- the Injustice Gang was in it, and it was a lot Free of bird. You got some Ted Cord, Blue Beetle. It was really fun. I thought it wasn't as. Actually, this felt more like a, a issue from that time than the, than the other reunions have felt. Yes, like. yeah, yeah, I agree to that. Yeah. So story wise, it was great. It was just awfully printed, and the mm-hmm. colors were really not good. Yeah. So this was a disappointment. So now, con- so conversely, did you pick up the other book, Superman? No, Green Lantern. 
Superman. <laughs> so DC Superman Retro- ha- Superman was written by Wheezy. <laughs> was it? Was it good? Yes. Yeah, it was really good. Actually. Okay. Well, D- DC Retroactive 1990s Green Lantern was focused on the later 90s, and it was uh, Ron Mars and Daryl Banks who were the guys who created Kyle Rayner, and it was a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern story. And this this is my pick of the week. I didn't see it on the shelf. Awesome. It's an it, empty spot on the shelf where this would have been. <laughs> this Connor's uh, irrational displeasure for Kyle Rayner aside, this was <laughs> this is a case where the printing on the crappier paper worked because it felt like 1997. I love those comics. Right. And no joke, if you flip between the older story that they reprinted and this one, it looks almost exactly like this is That's what you want. This yeah, this was and Daryl Banks' art was great. Ron Mars. He was really. He was always really good. Daryl yeah. Banks. Ron Mars' story was great. I mean, this felt like this was an issue of Green Lantern that I missed, and that's what this retroactive should feel like. It would feel like an in between issue or something like that. It was a great Green Lantern versus Effigy story, and I was. And I don't think I. I think Daryl Banks is one of the few. And Kyle, with Kyle Rayner, this admittedly I'm emotional because this is the this is what got me into Green Lantern. My first Green yeah. Lantern was Kyle Rayner, um, that that I actively read all the time, and creative use of the ring and the constructs and you know the um every time kyle used his ring it was like ooh, what is he doing here and it was like very you know because kyle was an artist and all stuff like that it just reminded me how good this team was and how great of a job they they did uh, on this character um especially with you know crazy people like heat and connor hating him for irrational reasons but um it just cannot tie me to heat you cannot tie me to heat there's no evidence i was ever a member of heat (laughs) I found the evidence is manufactured. I will find the link, Connor. You'll pay for your crimes. <laughs> but um, to the Nazi war criminals of comics fans. But seriously, this this was great. I mean, it, no joke. This is my pick of the week, hands down. It was. It was you've, a, had a, you've had at least two DC retroactive picks of the week. I have, haven't I? Yeah. This this whole event has become a much bigger thing than I thought at the beginning. <laughs> it was I tons thought. of fun. It was yeah. I, I I want I want them to have a retroactive like one have one title that's just a retroactive and they wrote like a like a like a one shot you know kind of thing. Do it every month. I'm there if you can do it th- this well. It'll be great. So I have heard I've heard in in several from several people lots of times that people are just sick of World War II Captain America stories. And to them, I would say, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> there's your next column. Oh, there's the next column. <laughs> there you go. There you That's go. true. Uh, Captain America and Bucky number 621. Uh, more, please. It's just great. It's great. It's so, so great. great. Yeah. Bucky shooting right at me on the cover. It has that feel. It has a retro-y feel without being old-fashioned. It's totally modern <laughs> storytelling, but with that... You know, they're all they're, Cap's got his dimpled chin, and he's yep. you know big and blonde, and he and he wears the the suit well, and he's you know it's it feels like you're watching an old movie done really really well. You know, you know what this no no what actually this reminds me of this reminds me of conceptually the new Star Trek movie, and that this is better than it should be. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, like you take the premise, and this is what we're gonna do, and you put Somni and Brubaker and Drico and Betty Brightweiser together, and the, the sum total is like this might be one of the best things Marvel's putting out right now. It's real good. Yeah, I like that. I like that Bucky is a complete wild card. Yep. Yep. We don't. We have no idea what he's gonna do, and and you know, like he's completely like got that boyish. Uh, uh, he's too no. He's too full of himself. He's got too much confidence, and so is, he's reckless. And he, he yeah. this is his first mission as Bucky, reckless. and he goes out and he thinks he can take off, take on anybody, and he gets stabbed in the leg, and he gets and he has to. At the end, he's forced to kill a guy, and that's. The whole thing is about you know after um, first time it was a train oh. it was a train load of clowns. <laughs> yes, there was also. Yep. And then one of the clowns had a dog or a rabbit <laughs> bounced away from him at some point. Uh, I don't know why there were clowns on that train, <laughs> <laughs> but there were. <laughs> there were a lot of them though. There's a clown section on that train. Oh, you're going to be up in car three. Well, that was with, before with the clowns. Clowns had no rights before the '60s. They had to sit yeah. Walk clowns in their own schools. You're gonna be a clown three with the car three with the clowns. It's steerage and then clown. <laughs> the horn. <laughs> Sad squeak. <laughs> oh, that's great. This is this is one of the best. This he busts one. into the train car and all this like squeak 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 squeak. No, you're staying here, clowns. Because <laughs> they can't talk. It's like- well, the thing about clowns is you can fit like 6,000 in one car. <laughs> so you, you really make a profit on those clown cars. Oh, it's... yeah. yeah. Clown, clown smuggling was huge in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, God. Oh. But thank, you also, thank you for the comic book, but also thank you for that, guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that book just keeps giving. <laughs> we talked earlier about DC's books that were clearly done. Week. Clearly done. That's, you'll, you'll find out more about that in a second. Uh, DC book clearly done to get them over and done with very fast before the reboot. Yep. And that, I didn't, Green Lantern Emerald Warriors 13 was another one of those books. I haven't been buying this, this series, but... It was a team up between Batman and Guy Gardner, and and written by Peter J. Tomasi, and I like how he writes both of them, so I picked it up. And it was clear it was a story that had nothing to do with anything. It was a one and done about a, a murder on the International Space Station that Guy and Batman investigate, and it was drawn by Ron Friends. Like it, it was clearly just we need an issue of Batman. We need an issue of Green Lantern. We got to ship just, something. Just put it out. Who can draw it in a month? In a, in two weeks, Ron Friends. <laughs> he did it in the eighties. He can do it again now. Like it was just it was. It was a fine story. It's just it's just funny to watch these books end in yeah. different ways. <laughs> no was, meta, no meta commentary. Uh, not in this one. I, oh, I probably, probably really enjoyed this one. Four years I kind of want to go back through the rest of the month of DC's books looking for meta commentary. I bet you find some. I, I'm sure I would. I mean, because I don't <laughs> I don't read as many DC books. Like I'm, I'm what, sure they're there. <laughs> what do the clowns mean though? <laughs> <laughs> so that's something. Ugh. Now, Josh, American Vampire 18 featured a surprising death. Yes, it did. I, I don't. I think I didn't see that coming to such the extent that I don't think that I realized it happened. Who died? Yes. Like it did, but I don't know if it did. Scott Snyder. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> killed himself. He stepped in like Stanley. <laughs> no, like uh, Grant Morrison. No, the, uh, the 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 quote unquote main character Skinner Sweet is murdered in this, and he's well, he's no, one of the vampires. Really? Well, if I don't know about murdered. I guess kind of he. It well, was not a duel. Murdered, I guess murdered, murdered implies some sort of. Uh, yeah. It was a fight, and he died in the fight. He was killed. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So uh, it was it was shocking because you know you're used to the main people hanging around. Even if he became a villain, he's still the main villain. You, 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 he had, you, but he had just a little bit of you thought. A little bit of hand solo in him. Yeah, he just maybe he's not quite so bad. That's uh, a, but I think Kirk, he's pretty that's bad. Kirkman levels twist there. Yes. Kirkman yeah, has. but you don't need him. The book is called American Vampire. It's not called anything else. It's and I think Scott yeah. Scott said that as, at some point. I, I just I can't I can't get over Raphael Albuquerque. He's good. I, I just love how he's so willing to just let the art be what it is. Like he's not trying to massage it too much. It's just so naturalistic, and I, I love it. There's a couple of hand hand drawn uh, sound effects in here too that just look wonderful. Cool. You're saying he's not photorealistic. He's, he's, <laughs> he's definitely not. Okay. And I, I think know, I, see some photo, I see some photorealism here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those are the books that we enjoyed. Photorealism. Can we definitely talk about silent. the clowns? <laughs> <laughs> those are the clowns we enjoyed. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics for the full list of comics that ship every week and you do your pull list. And you can also set your pick of the week. And our top five picks of the weeks are brought to you by ifanboy. <laughs> um, coming at number five is Uncanny, Uncanny X Force number 13. Uh, 5.6% of you made it your pick of the week this week uh, at the time of recording. It might change when you hear this. So, you know, it's always fluctuating, especially with us. Um, number four is Wolverine number 14. Uh, Connor's pick of the week got 12.5% of the percentage of you. So, only about 12% of you agree with Connor. There you go. Mm, 12% are smart. Yeah. Uh, number three was DC Retroactive the 90s Justice League of America. With 12.9%. So th- nearly 13% of you got fooled by the teaming of Kevin McGuire <laughs> and J.O.D. Batista. No, it was a good – if the printing had been different and yes. the color wouldn't have been different, it would have been a great – it was fine otherwise. But right, was, yeah, I know. Teasing. I guess they could read it. It was very, very good. 13% uh, of you have better eyesight than we do. Yeah. Dark. You need a good light. Anyway, uh, the number two book was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one with 20.7% of the pick of the weeks. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you think that's uh, a retro pick or, you know, like. That's a nostalgia vote. That's a nostalgia vote. Yeah, we'll see. But again, they all are. Yeah, true. Transformers. Um, Here it comes. Here it comes. The number one pick of the week this week, according to you, the iFanboy community, was Captain America and Bucky number 621. 21.6% of you like clowns. That's that's clearly the reason. I like that there's no clear winner this week. Yeah, like yeah. it's all. It's, there's no like sixty percent giant in the room. In the it's mix. all. It's in the mix. So I don't even. I'm glad I didn't have pick of the week. I don't even know what I would have said. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't hit that button yet. On to the reviews. <laughs> X Man Ryan, uh, as of Uncanny X Force number thirteen. And we can't uh, tell you what the ratings are right now because it's work, a bit of a bug. Working on the bugs in the ratings. We're working on it for those of you who are worried about it, but it will be fixed. Lo- soon. It's, 
It's a list. It's being worked through, people. <laughs> Pick of the week percentage, 4.4%. Overall, this is a good read. I can feel the tension going on with the characters of the book as they try to save one of their own and at the same time survive in a realm that is different from theirs. Even though this book is a good read, I did have a particular issue with Wolverine. The top priority of X-Force is to save their teammate Warren. But Wolverine all of a sudden has second thoughts and wants to save the Age of Apocalypse reality from its demise. I feel Wolverine wanting to use the seed to stop Age of Apocalypse. Logan's chaos was a bit selfish. Is it just me who angrily feel this way? Well, I, I it's think, a little hulkish at the end. I think I, th- I think that's I think that's what Remender's doing. Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to feel like he's 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 showing that conflict. Sometimes you're not supposed to like what the characters do. Exactly, that's the yeah. point of the story. Yeah. No, you're you're supposed to not like it. So that's the that's the tension of the story. You're supposed to want him to do the right thing with it, but he's doing the thing. He wants to save Jean because there is a Jean, and that's where she is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that I mean, that said though, I mean, this continues to deliver for me, especially as the X Men fan. This is you know, especially with that ending when they get back from Age of Apocalypse and they get and boom, standing right there is Dark Angel with all of Apocalypse cronies, and they just walked basically walked into the trap. Um, it, 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 this is this has been great. It's been it's so good. It's a trap. It's been so good. Um, all right. Our next review comes from a meerkat who reviewed Zombie Number Six. Um, and and uh, uh, meerkat has to say about Zombie. I'm kind of glad this comic is ending. No, it's not because I didn't like it. I loved it. The writing in this final issue is as creepy as ever, and the art is the main reason I ended up buying the whole run. But the thing is, I don't think I would have bought the next run with the same team if it had come out. I'm almost exhausted with the weirdness of this issue, and Irving is one of my favorite artists, but one of the reasons I love comics of this variety. Uh, this series, uh, we, I think we all slept on. I picked uh, yes, I, yeah. I read all six issues. I read the first four together, then I picked up five and six as they came out, and it was... It's he's right. It's weird, but in a, in that bizarre, fun, totally wacky, weird way with with nun, where there's an army of nuns and there's all kinds of magic going on. And the Fraser Irving art is wonderful. No, it's e- it's easy to say that from Marvel and DC, the two books that possibly have the best things going on, we missed the boat on, which was Zombie and Journey into Mystery. Um, I haven't read either, but that's what I hear. That's the buzz. So, um, what are the what's the clown situation with those books, though? <laughs> well, there are no clowns, but there are nuns, and there are um, it's, there's then a again, lot of bizarre robots and then, things that are. Fun. Then again, by my logic, I should be a huge Spawn fan. <laughs> True, <laughs> I'm not. So. Those are the, be a lot of clowns. Those are the opinions that you had. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics. You can do your pull list and, and rate and review your books and do your pick of the week. And we, it's the, we're still working out the kinks on the new website, so please continue to be patient. We appreciate it. We should have an update um, early next week. So if you're curious about the state of ifanboy.com, stay tuned. We'll be giving you that. We'll give you the update. Let's, so. let's do a few emails, let's, guys. Let's do them. Shall we? Adam writes in and says, with all the high-end comic statues and busts that are out there, why is there an no expert on this? Go. Why isn't there are no officially licensed fish tank statues of Marvel and DC water-friendly characters? To me, this makes perfect sense. If you were designing a tropical fish tank for your comic room, what would your underwater comic scene be? In case you're wondering, mine would be Aquaman sitting on his throne, pointing and laughing at Ocean Master, who's trying to hide behind a sunken pirate ship because he hates his uniform. While Aquaman is embroiled in a bloody battle with Black Manta over the treasure chest that opens every so often to let out bubbles. I'd put some fish in there, too. Aqualad is fighting Black Manta. Oh, I'm sorry. Aqualad. I was wondering how Aqualad Don't is doing. Don't ruin the yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, this a, a, is this a real question? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is because he put a lot of thought into his scene. And the thing is, is that – now, here's my thought. There, as far as I know, there is no official licensed uh, fish tank uh, solution provider for your comic fan. I'm not well, saying 100%, but I'm saying I don't think we don't um, think we're it is. pretty sure. That said, if you're in the fish tank in business, you might want to look into getting that license because it sounds like you might be onto something. Well, uh, hold uh, on though. <laughs> you need to develop the Venn diagram of, of, of fish comic, tank enthusiasts yeah. Yeah. and comic book savvy now people. The th- now the thing is, I would never crossover. I would is. never have thought to look into that crossover, but I bet you it's probably out there. I mean, people buy fish all the time. They're both things that obsessive people do. Are they really? That are, you know. I think, you're, pa- I think you're painting fish. Wow, fish. Yeah, that's, that's a big brush to paint yeah. fish in their house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a- you know what? I'm not afraid to, like, ups- upset the fish lobby. It's, it's a photorealistic brush, though. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> oh, okay. like at a certain point, that's like, if, if you're going to just half-ass the fish, then they're probably going to die. So the people who are really into it. Yeah. Like, you've you got to get into it is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the mini- people who, you know, feed the fish and clean the tank. It's not yeah, like a lot of work. We had a fish yeah. when I was a kid. It wasn't. Like I've a never kid. had a fish. It's you don't have work. one now. It's too much work. That said, if I had a fish tank, um, you could probably. There's nothing to say that you can't use the existing statues and bust and just put them in the tank, yeah, right? Yeah, do that all the time. Or here's a thought: all those hero clicks, put them in Ooh. the fish tank. 
Ooh. That said, mine would be, of course, it would be Namor themed. I'd, I would probably do. I would probably do a fish tank that's under Utopia. I would just have the sentry tied up and drowned. <laughs> drowning. Tied yeah. to a cinder block. <laughs> yeah, and I would like sort of make him a little like more more pale because he had he had asphyxiated. Yeah. Connor, what's your dream? I'd have a lot of clowns. <laughs> just the clown well, boat tipped over and a bunch of clowns are drowning. <laughs> drowning clowns. I would have all the clowns standing around the dead sentry and they would have aspirators on so they had like <laughs> the clowns had gotten together to rid the world and they do the bubble the bubbles come up from there from yeah there. and they're 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 vicious and then just one of them honks a little oh, this is a good idea maybe we should get into the into the fish tank game i'm telling you the fish tank. I, I think there's something here i think there's something here i think he's i think adam is on to something fish Life fanboy produced some dc licensed yeah, aqua fish tank materials there you go namor don't forget namor and they cost a thousand dollars because there's only five <laughs> All right, on to our next email, although I don't think you're going to beat Adams. Uh, Daryl from Chandler, Arizona, also known as Chop360 on the site. Uh, it's not that Daryl. Not that Daryl. No, no. This is Chop360 on iFanboy.com. Uh, Daryl says, with the closing of Arizona's biggest comic retailer chain, Atomic Comics, do you guys feel like this is an early warning sign of what the near future holds for retailers? Doesn't this remind you of what happened in the music industry? Can someone say Tower Records? Listen. Atomic Comics was an established chain. It was no Tower Records, all right? Let's not let Listen, it. I know Atomic Comics. <laughs> I knew Tower Records. No, wait. I knew Tower Records. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sad that they went out of business, but uh, I, I... It was four, four, four stores in a regional chain. It wasn't like a yeah. world, you know, worldwide... It wasn't like McDonald's you know. going under or anything. Oh, and we don't know anything about their business practices that caused that. From what, yeah, from what, from what I've heard and read and everything, it came as a complete shock and surprise to everyone. And Mike Malvey, who who runs Atomic Comics, filed for bankruptcy. Uh, it sounds like he did a very good job of not revealing what kind of situation he was in, in in terms of managing his business and his finances. So you know, which is that that's what happens. It's it's it. I don't know if it's indicative of the industry and what's happening to retailers or what Malvey did while in running Atomic Comics. And there, there's Listen. no doubt that if you're running a comic shop, this is a this is a rough time for it. You, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I really like, and I don't really like a comic store. It, it, when any store closes, it's bad. Yes, and there's so few of them; it's a, it's not good. But we don't know. We, we don't know why. It could have been for, for any number of reasons why the store closed. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that you got to look at it. If you, he had four stores, if things, yeah, why didn't he close one? And that, you know, and, and put all his yeah. resources into his main one or anything like that. I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about. We probably will never know about because it's his business. And, and but listen, I, we we don't know what if anything this has to do with global warming. Right, exactly. Or the clowns. It might or not, the clowns. Might, what's the clown situation have to do with this? Yes, because the, cl- the clowns in Phoenix, you know, you heard about the clowns in Phoenix. Well, it's well, hard yeah. to be a clown in Phoenix. Exactly. Your makeup runs for one thing. Right, exactly. So they could, you know, they could be involved. But, <laughs> Squeaking um, is way off. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I, I really hope we don't look back on us saying this and and you know eat our words. But I don't think this is an indicator. I don't. So well, we could be wrong. But if it is, then we'll start seeing more. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way to tell. And that's the right? thing. I mean, and, and like everything from from what I you know from what I heard, you know, the the service there wasn't that great. Like I heard other people started shopping at other stores. There could be all these different factors going into it. So um, like clowns. And the clouds. So, all right, our last email, Josh. Yes, uh, I really like the Earth X graphic. Wrong, Josh. I'm sorry, Mike G. I really like the Earth X graphic novel, and was wondering how you guys felt about it. Also, I haven't read Universe X or Paradise X yet. Do you have any thoughts about these stories? Oh, this is like baiting. This is just easy baiting. I oh, before you get into your thing, I only read Earth X. Yep. And I don't remember loving the story, but I do remember loving the John Paul Leone art. John Paul Leone. Yeah, the art was great. Well, uh, well, first off, there are no clowns in it, so that's number one. Yeah. Number two, I l- was so excited for this because it was Alex Ross and he's going to do Kingdom Come and Marvel. And, yeah. and I got so... Somehow involved. And I, and I got so into the character designs and, oh, look, Peter Parker's a cop and he's fat and Wolverine's fat. Every, everybody's fat in the Marvel Universe. I just realized <laughs> in, in the future, was, they all just get fat. Um, he was married to Gene, too. Which is very realistic. It, it goes akin to the Marvel realism. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, uh, it just didn't deliver for me at all. It, it uh, so Alex Ross, I guess, uh, did the covers and did the concepts and worked. And Jim Kruger wrote it, and it just became this really drawn out, I the, like future that I didn't like. I just didn't like. This it. was this yeah. was supposed to be sort of the the Marvel answer to the Kingdom Come world that he created, which yeah. was the answer to Marvels, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, you know what was missing from the formula? What? Mark Wade. Yep. Yeah. Or Kirby's, you know, or Kirby's sick. 
Like Jim, it, Jim Kruger like, I remember was neither the first one. The first one was kind of all right, and then I, I remember I bought like the first issue of Universe X, and I just went, I don't I don't care. I don't yeah. want to. That's exactly. That's I, I didn't read Paradise X. I mean, I did. It got very lofty, and it just. Uh, it, I don't know. I didn't like it, but the art was yeah. really pretty. So I mean, I think it's it's fairly easy to say that now, however many years later, no one is really talking about it in terms of its importance. Yeah. yeah, and so that's a good bellwether. You know, the stories that, that are 10, 12, 20 years on that people are still sort of bringing up now and then, that's it, something. But it just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, so if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. If you are a representative of the Clown Union, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com to lodge a complaint. Um, on to our voicemail. So our first voicemail comes from somebody who's having a little hard time with his comics. Hey, guys. Dave in D.C. Um looking over my stack this week and just feeling a little burnt out about comics in general. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of a lot of the same superhero kind of genre stuff and love um, sequential art and, and love picking up my weekly books and stuff, but I'm I'm wondering if it's not a little bit um, exclusionary and exclusive if you haven't read you know, the past 16 issues of Avengers, then, you know, maybe you're not going to jump on. And I'm wondering um, if you guys think that there's going to be some sort of, uh, I'm waiting for some sort of next stage in the evolution of comics, you know, and I'm wondering if it won't be superheroes. Um, Just wondered what your thoughts were on it. And um, yeah, looking forward to hearing what you say. Well, first of all, you got to step away from fear itself. (laughs) <laughs> that's the first thing you want to do this is one of the, the most frustrating kind of uh, emails or voicemails or whatever we get you know r- sentiments that we get it's yeah. the idea that you can't read these books unless you've read them all is ridiculous yep it's ridiculous I certainly have read them all you can, read, you can read them you can start reading Avengers right now not having read the first however many issues you can do it yeah you're a smart person I feel like comic fans don't give themselves enough credit I agree that's you a very nice way of putting it. I certainly wouldn't have put it that nicely. No, I mean, I think that's the case. I mean, You're I, right. I feel like everyone's underestimating their own ability to understand what's going on. They, I just, it's, it's so basic. You can, it's, it's not like, it's, you, but they're, it's, not, they're not reinventing or, the rules. Or, 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 or the ability to not know something and yep. still be able to glean value out of it. Like, and it, enjoy it's okay. it, yeah. You know, or you'll figure it out later. There's context. It's well, like that, if you're watching the beginning of a movie and you're like, well, who's that guy? Well, they're going to tell us. Yeah, well, that, that's like, I mean, it goes back to, you know, and, and I, I wonder if, you know, because he's, he's, he's talking about, you know, the comics aren't accessible and he's thinking more as an industry wide, but like he's saying he's a little burnt out on his comics, but he didn't actually say, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't get it. You know, he's thinking more in a bigger picture. But if you think about a book that's like, you know, something like Chew from Image, like they play with the fact that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, I, whenever I don't know what's going on in Chew, I realize that I'm not supposed to yet. Exactly. And that's part of the fun. And and for me, part of the fun in comics is having stuff get revealed or going back or talking to somebody and finding out what that was and what that means. I mean, Connor, I mean, we, you and I, would, like with DC stuff, like like recently we were reading some DC comics and I was like, who's that? Who's that? You know, like asking you ask questions. Yeah. You know, and that's part of that's part of the enjoyment for me, at least. Um, the current now, pervasive the, attitude is you have to have read everything and you have to know everything that's going on. Which in every, you can't. At all times, you and you can't. Not even. No, you, no one does. I don't know. Look at me. On every DC book. I don't. I don't well, know any. Josh is generally I'm, clueless about everything. Most, <laughs> mostly clueless. Yes. Yeah. And this is my job. <laughs> so you know, you're fine. The other thing I want to, and there was a letter column, letter almost exactly like this. And the thing I, I want to focus on a little bit is that you 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 specified superhero comics. You don't have to read superhero comics. Yep. There are other comics. There's so even many other comics out there in the world. From you know. Marvel and DC, to a certain extent, there are books that aren't necessarily superhero comics. Uh, the whole relaunch is happening, but well, it's the funny new that- DC books are going in all sorts of genres that weren't there before. There's Vertigo, there's Icon, there's that weird tennis book. Not that you should read that. But even oh, I have more information on that by the way. Thirty Love. But even um, even more yes. on um, even more on on their other comics. If you go back, I just recently talked to Rick Remender um, in a Talk Explode, and we were talking about Strange Girl, a book that he put out a couple of years ago, and then we were talking about his Marvel work. And you know, we you, we've talked a lot about Fear Agent and Rick's work and things like that. But Rick made us a great point that people who read his X Force and Venom stuff don't know that his independent stuff exists because. And he said it. He's like, people think that buying comics from the from Marvel and DC that are in the top 100 as opposed to the top 25 is helping out indie comics. When there's so many other publishers out there and so much other stuff out there and so many genres and so many different types yeah. of comics that you could totally discover what you know uh, something else that you don't even know exists. You know, so some other kind of new kind of comics. Some you kind might of new comic. Yeah, exactly. So 
<laughs> but it's just a ten out, and we talk. Like the thing is, the three of us are 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 rabid for finding other books. Not that we don't like superhero books. That's not the point. No, but, but to also see other great things that can happen with with comics that you can do with the medium that isn't that one genre. And we talk about them every week. So it's not as if you don't – if you listen to the show, you've been exposed to them. You just didn't go get them. Yep. And you might not like all of them. You have to take a little bit of risk. You have There's to always risk something. involved. There's no, no, every, the other idea is everything has to be a sure thing. Yeah. And that if you try something new and you hate it, and then there's a failure of everything. And if you're yourself. hesitant to take a risk, you're hesitant to spend your money, look online for where th- things are posted, previews are posted. Go to the library. Try checking something out for free. Um, there, there's so many different – go to the comic store and flip through. I mean some, a lot of, you know, some stores now you can browse and, and flip through, see if it's the right thing for you or not. I mean just take a, take a risk. I know the feeling – I know that burnt out feeling and, and I, I kind of know – I feel like I know where it's coming from where it's like, oh, just read this all – especially us with the amount of stuff we read. That's why – but our answer is to go find new cool stuff. Yeah. Or, or, and this also works, go read your favorite story again. I mean like if you loved Watchmen but you haven't read it for two, three years, I, I'm telling you that will kick you in the pants. Yep. You know, or or whatever book it is that you love, go you know read through Preacher again or something like that. Or if you've never read big, through, a, kick you with big read, clown shoes in the pants. I'm saying if you've never read Preacher, you go read Preacher. Yep. And and you'll be like, man, comics are awesome. Yep, totally said awesome. Cool. So if you have any questions or if you need us to talk you through any crises, personal crises, you can email, you can call us at one eight eight fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. We are here to help. We're listening. <laughs> <laughs> So next week is episode 300, if you've been paying attention to the numbers we talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, and normally for the big 100 episodes, we get together and we do a live show. We did that for 200 and we did it for 100. But this this year, we're not going to be together because, as you can tell, we hate each other. Yes. It's going to longer be in the same room. Um, no, we just schedule didn't work out and we're not around together. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a virtual live show. We're going to go on Ustream next week on Friday. And the date of that is something we don't know. It is September second. All right, so September second on that's Friday at evening sometime. We haven't. We'll, we'll we're gonna po- we're gonna go to ifanboy.com and or twitter.com slash ifanboy. We'll post the exact time when it's starting and all that stuff, so you can go gather. Uh, yep. But it's probably gonna be for Eastern people. It's gonna be later in the day. Yeah. Yes, Western people earlier in the day. So. Go to ifanboy.com and sh- look for the buzzable bar. There'll be a, a post up there about it and. We'll be up there. We'll do the live show on Ustream, and then afterwards we'll hang around for a little while and take some questions and just a chat, and uh, that's how we'll celebrate our 300 episodes. So if you enjoyed that in the past, you can check it out. If you, if you don't live in the New York area and you haven't been able to come to these live shows, now you can through the virtual magic of the internet. Yes. We want everyone to want, everyone to, want to be a big party, so if you can yes, make sir. it, it would be great to see you uh, virtually. Come do it. Josh won't be wearing pants. Yes. <laughs> if I, if I, you wouldn't be able to tell. Is what uh, actually, saying. Josh is going to be uh, Ryan the Sibian. So it's going to be exciting. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is about as far as a train full of World War II clowns as you can get. Just conceptually. So good work on that, Ron. Jesus. Go ahead and do the next part of the script you're supposed to do now. I don't know where that came from. So, um, so we also do a podcast called... We all know what he's talking about, too. That's the sad part. <laughs> well, we all know what Bang Bus is. <laughs> Uh, so um, we do another podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss. Last week I talked to Jonathan Hickman about the Ultimates. You can hear if you're interested in the Ultimates, you can hear some of what Jonathan had to say about what went into writing it, what he's got planned for the title. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. Go subscribe to it. Uh, it's a short 15 minute podcast where we talk to creators about books that you definitely want to check out. We're lining up some great stuff this September. Um, if you have any idea of what's coming in September, you probably have a clue as to what we'll be lining up. So you don't want to miss any of it. So don't miss iFanboy Don't Miss. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Fine, and then you will go and check out ifanboy.com. You can read the pick of the week review that Connor wrote. You can read uh, the the book of the the book of the month is a great way to, to try something new. There's one that's up there before, and there's going to be a new one very soon. It's not me. Uh, is and, it? Hmm? Who who says got the next book of the month? Connor. Yes, I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. <laughs> Shit, am I supposed to do it? Is that now? Because <laughs> there's nothing better than the moment that you publish your book of the month. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. The longest I... amount of time between when you have to do it again. Yep. <laughs> anyway, all sorts of comic book discussion things that are going up on the site. We've got your, you got your, you got previews coming in for you, stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. We got if you pre-order, we got uh, solicitation information, we got opinion pieces, we got, we have it all. We got we a have, little bit of everything. We really do. We try very hard to do that. The website's very important to us. We put a ton of work into it. So get over there. Plus, you can listen to the Word Balloon podcast, 
where John is is going for the land record yeah. for long shows. But they're not bad shows, so that's fine. And uh, go to ifanbo.com. I'm going to stop reading that part because the link's not the same. But if you click the little thing this is about, that will teach you things. I can make it, I can make <laughs> it there. I can change it back to that. Do we want to change it back to that? We might want to do that. Right, that way. Do that. We don't want to have to change the script. Yeah. Uh, also, you'll find the video show. Last week, we talked about the JSA. Moment of silence. And then next week, we don't know. What do you mean? Well, because well, a thing might happen. Well, there's, we have one show planned, but another show could squeak in. We're not sure yet. We've, got, we've got an opportunity. There's a show on Wednesday. What it'll be about, it's going to be a surprise Sibian. to all of us. It's just me on a Sibian, but I don't know how to use it. It's not dirty. It's just like me, just like, what is this? This is uncomfortable. As I said earlier, if you have any questions or any personal crises or need fashion tips or anything like that, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. 326 Should we take any episode 300 stuff, like post-show questions? or Why don't you go to the website when it's time yeah, to Yeah, okay, that. look, maybe we'll be doing that. So there you go. <laughs> And That's finally, you can, if you like to share, write a review on iTunes. That helps people find what shows they're looking for about comics. And they know this one's a good one if you write a review and tell them it is. So do that, please. It helps, and we appreciate it. Oh, clowns just have a high buzzable quotient. ifanboy.com slash about. Now you can find all everybody who works for the site as well as um, our social network links. It's all there at the old URL. That's how quickly it happens. Wow. Yeah. Just now you did that? Just now. All done. Man. So. That's amazing. All right, well, one one episode to go before we cross that 300 mark. So if you, if we, like Lee Smith. <laughs> there you go, for you baseball fans. So um, next week we'll, we'll see you live, live. On, uh, on, on the internet. Yes, so until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm going to get good and greased up. <laughs> oh, no. There's no solution. It's part of evolution. The pitter-patter of souls. The little feet of tadpoles There's no limitation To mixing and matching Some get an itching For a critter they've been scratching A skunk was badgered The results were strong And I hope that something better I hope that something better I hope that something better comes along